It's Tuesday, January 11th, and this is Talk Commerce. Have you thought about an influencer for your brand? What does it mean to have an influencer and how can they help you? Cody Whittock helps us to understand how influencers can help you and your business and how important they are with your brand and how to build your brand bigger and better using influencers. Learn how you can find and retain influence in 2022. And now, your free joke. At the Olympics, I saw an athlete carrying a long stick and I asked him, Are you a pole vaulter? He replied, No, I'm a German, but how did you know my name is Walter? <laughs> the Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers, too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Today I have Cody Wittick. Cody is the co-CEO and co-founder of Kinship. Cody, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us uh, one of your passions in life and what you do day to day. Yeah, thank you, Brent, for having me. Um, like Brent said, I'm the co-founder and co-CEO of Kinship. We're an influence marketing agency located in Orange County, California. Um, we work with D2C e-commerce brands. Um, before that, I was at a brand called Kalo. Uh, they created the silicone wedding ring market um, and had a lot of experience with that. And um, yeah, so before that, passions in life, love to work out, eat healthy. <laughs> um, those would be my passions I'm married and love spending time with my wife great and how long have you been doing kinship yeah coming up on three years so um, we're at that we're, we're going to beat the 90% of businesses fail within the first three years mark so good for us right yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you have a mission. What is your mission as an influencer marketer? Yeah, I would say just the mission is to continue to equip brands and educate brands on the right way to do influencer marketing. Um, and we'll get into the, exactly what that means, but I just believe in the power of this channel. Um, and I think it's not going away. It's only going to, and it's never has, it's always been around, right? Um, and so just wanted to continue to push the mission of um, equipping brands and owners and entrepreneurs to think rightly about influencer marketing. Yeah, maybe you could give us a little bit of an education on, on influencer marketing and what does it mean 
to a brand to either be an influencer or to have an influencer on your brand? Yeah. So, I mean, very simply, I, I think most of the time when they people think about influencer marketing, they, they have an association with social media, which is not wrong. Um, but there are influencers that have zero social following. <laughs> um, and, but most of the time, these brands that, you know, if you have a D2C brand or e-commerce brand or B2B brand, quite honestly, um, you have influencers that are influential in your space or category. And, um, you know, your job is to, you know, most of the time people are thinking about trying to get brands to or get influencers to rally around their brand. So that means access into their audience or things of that nature. As a um, as an influencer or as a merchant, when you say rally around, what do you mean? Uh, what kind of outcome as a merchant would you expect from an influencer when you're when you're rallying? Yeah, all I mean by rallying, I just mean by the influencer really raising their hand and sticking a flag in the ground to say, "I represent Nike" or "I represent." vans um they're they're choosing to represent you um, as much as you are trying to represent them um so that's all i mean by rallying around it's more kind of a qualitative thing of um there's a there's a real organic relationship there um, as opposed to kind of what you traditionally see in influencer marketing which is kind of just hey it's a promotion and influencers are the billboard and that's all that it is versus like an actual real authentic relationship that's being built. And there's a long-term um, consistent vision and mission uh, for that relationship. I know you had mentioned um, that it doesn't have to be social media influencing. And I think uh, if we look back, you know, there's been influenced marketers uh, since marketing started. Right. What would be the difference then if we looked from say, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or pre-social media to that influencing marketing uh, to now? Well, I'll, I mean, I would just say whether it's social media, I think it's just the platforms have changed. So like in the 90s, it was TV, you know, it was Michael Jordan on a TV commercial promoting, you know, his Air Jordan his shoes. But now today it's LeBron James and he has Instagram stories and he's showcasing Taco Tuesday with his family. Um, it's just incredible more, it's more access into their lives. So it makes them all the more influential, but, um, yeah, the, the, the only the platforms have changed. And so there's more access into their lives through social media, just because of, you know, the creation of the iPhone and these, these applications. And, and the type of influencer, I guess the market has grown for influencers themselves simply by the fact that you can right. become an influencer simply by going to your iPhone, starting to embrace a brand, take pictures and start really pushing that. Is that correct? Yeah, I, but I would even see it's even more than that because I would say the people that are just constantly promoting different products, I don't know how influential they are. Um, I think they think that's that what that that's what an influencer is. So that's what they try to do versus I think someone who's 
genuinely talented at content creation or a particular niche or like, you know, we've seen the rise of TikTok. So people promoting or not even necessarily promoting, but just pushing out content that's funny, comedic. Um, they have different interactions um, around where they're located, uh, the type of categories that they might be you know, constantly talking about and certain brands might find themselves interested in those categories or aligned with that. And so that they naturally organically align with it. Um, so like you're saying, like just creativity, the, the, the ability to create content consistently has been, has made it a lot easier for, I guess, influencers to become influencers. <laughs> so as an influencer themselves, what would you if if a person is interested in becoming an influencer, how would they start? I would always just recommend them just continually to push out content. I mean, I think it's kind of what Gary B always talks about, just content, content, content. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely not an expert in like how to become an influencer 101, but that would be one of my suggestions is just continually focusing on the content, not necessarily like an audience. Cause I think that's where people end up, you know, buying fake followers or things like that to try to trick themselves or trying to speed up the process. But at the end of the day, it is about the content that you are producing consistently. And I guess the goal as an influencer would be to influence a idea to promote it and that idea could be a brand or could be a um something a social good uh there's all kinds of types of influencers can you kind of break that down for us yeah i mean, I mean honestly i would just say the reason why influencer marketing can be really influential for lack of a better word for brands is that there's always at least one influencer in your space um, even if you're a B2B company and you're wanting to connect with other, maybe, you know, influential people on LinkedIn, um, or you're a sock brand, um, there's at least one, uh, individual that is influential in your category, um, or a new category that you're maybe trying to create a product for or trying to break into. So as a business when you're, if a business is looking for help from influencers, or I guess a business could be an influencer as well, um, how would they mm. start that channel? How would they start in influencer marketing? Yes. Yes, um, this is a very important question. If you have a physical product, especially, that you can send out, you definitely want to get the product into those influencers hands. So this is what I just commonly call influencer seating. Um, seating literally just comes from the term broadcast seating. So as a, from farming, when you're just throwing seed on the ground, some sprouts up, the more that you do it, the more that you spread seed around the ground, some will sprout up into crop, some won't, but the more that you can do it, um, you know, the more crops that you'll have. And so taking that same principle with influencers, the more that you can send out product to them, some will not, you know, receive the product. And just like your customers, they're going to be questioning, you know, whether it's worth it or not, or maybe they return it or anything like that. Same thing with influencers. Some are not going to understand it. Some are not going to get it, but the more that you can do it, the ones that actually do and receive their product, those are the people that you want to work with anyways. 
So I always say the, the best way to start is just getting them the product um, into their hands. And how, so I'll use Hoka. Uh, I'm a runner and uh, I, I follow Hoka. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I see reviews for shoes online on YouTube all the time. As, right. as, a, as an influencer, is it, you're, you're trying to get Hoka's attention then to get those shoes on your feet to try out and do reviews? Or is it, what's the best way to start? From the from the brand side, I'd say even if the influencer is not even thinking of you, I would put it in front of. I would be outreaching them, DMing them, or emailing them to get a hold of them. And then, as an influencer, I think you've already kind of answered this question, but creation of that content and getting recognized by the brands that you wish to be an influencer for would be the best way to go at it. I believe so. Uh, I mean, again, I'm not like the necessarily the expert on becoming an influencer, but I think if you are if you are a runner, a consistent runner, and you're putting out captivating content, you will attract running brands. That's that's for sure. So, as a brand, you want to scale the channel. How how would you start doing that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it goes back to even how you start. Um, because the more people, I would just think about it from a top of funnel perspective. Uh, like when you think about it from Facebook ads, you know, you have prospecting and retargeting, then ultimately down at the bottom of the funnel is your purchasing. But top of funnel for influencer marketing is seeding, is getting the product as many people as you can get the product out to. The more people that have your product, the more relationships that you're going to have. This feeds into more content that gets posted about you. Um, and it feeds into ultimately if you're able to repurpose that content more sales that you're able to generate um, and even you know the organic side of things so the best way to scale is just the more people that do have your product the more relationships that you're going to be able to build um, and what you do with those relationships is really dependent like a lot of brands do affiliate programs they do you know monthly UGC contracts they have an ambassador page on their website like etc etc um, but it all starts with working with genuine advocates and there's no way that you can have, have a genuine advocate if they don't actually believe in your product and brand and use it. Um, so that's always way, the best way to start and um, to continue to work with them and how to scale that is just continually t- to seed your product into their hands. And as a as a um, okay, let's just say I'm a brand ambassador and and I am very critical about something. How do you go about um, not upsetting the brand itself, but also pointing out that there's some kind of issue with there's something with the brand that there's an issue. That was my fault. I, I've got a new little podcast recorder. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it injected some music. Um, let me re- <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, um, so let me let, let me ask the question again. Um, if if I'm a um, let's just say I'm an influencer or an, I'm a brand ambassador and I find there's something defective or there's something just not great about the product. 
how do you deal with as a brand itself how do you deal with your um with your brand ambassador influencers when they're giving negative feedback on products oh man that's incredible feedback i mean i I think (laughs) just like you i I would deal with it in the same way as if you dealt with it in the customers like the consistent I mean, obviously, if it's something defective, I think it would you'd be hearing about it from your customers as well because they'd be getting it in the mail and in an order. Um, but if it's like a one-off comment about like, hey, I don't like this, that's something probably less to take into consideration versus something that's consistently heard from uh, your influencers and customers. Because in reality, like, you should think the closer that you can think about your customer experience with your influence marketing, the better your influence marketing will be. Um, because they're really no different. Like one is just purchasing the product, but the other one is just getting in it for free, but both have the same interactions, um, with your product and brand. And then, uh, you know, obviously like not all your customers have thousands of followers. So like the aftermath of that, but still, if you can think about it in those ways, the better your influence marketing is going to be. And so you, what do you see then as brands doing right and what do you see as brands doing wrong when it comes to that? Yeah, let's start with wrong. Um, what's wrong is I talk to brand owners all day long and all of them say I want a long-term community of influencers that are talking to their audiences about me consistently. The problem is is their behavior doesn't match that vision. And their behavior for getting to that point is most often the time is a transactional one-off post that they have with influencers. They kind of shake their shake their hands and then they go another way and then they find another influencer to do a one-off post with. It's just a bunch of first dates and you're never actually maturing into a real relationships with these influencers. Um, So I think continually like the pay for post model, it only works if it's consistently omni-channel from consistent influencers over and over and over again. But that's not what brands do because they just constantly are trying to hit this like one-off drug that they need to be hitting all the time with these different influencers. So that's what brands continually do wrong. Um, Now, sometimes does like these one-off posts hit sometimes? Sure. I I mean, I've negotiated so many of those deals back in the day that sometimes it did work. Um, It's just, the question is just, what's the best process to produce the outcome that I desire? And the best process is seeding. And so what I see brands doing right is, um, well, one, if they're following my advice, (laughs) of course, um, on influencer seeding. But secondly, I think there's a couple platforms that, you know, if brands are really investing in TikTok, that's just something that right now you need to be doing. Um, it's kind of like Instagram 2014 days right now. It's just, it's a wave that's not going to last forever. Um, and then YouTube partnerships. I think if you can play the, the, the SEO game and continually show up, like you mentioned Hoka, like Googling YouTube reviews, if you're on the first page and it's always positive, like that is, that's not just, you know, CPMs around BFCM or Christmas, that's like eternal, you know, that's something that's consistently over time. So, um, those are some of the things that I see brands doing right. I know that you mentioned TikTok, and I did see a, um, I did see a presentation by Gary V that talked about, um, 
the fact that you shouldn't be looking at a platform because it it's there right now. You should be on that platform because it's popular right now. And he gave the example of commercials that are on a hit TV show. And you don't know if that show's going to last a year, if it's going to last a season, or it's going to last, you know, 20 years. You should be on that show because it's the most popular right now. And I think the other thing you alluded to is the ability to create this content for these channels or create the content for multiple channels is fairly, uh, I'm not going to say super easy, but it is easy to create for multiple channels and you should be on those channels of the, that are the most popular right now. Right. Right. I love that. Be, be, be where people are, right. You know, where, where people's attention is going, be there which I think Gary Vee would agree that TV commercials are not where people's attentions are currently. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's be where people are, are consuming content. So maybe you could speak to your role at Kinship. How does Kinship help merchants then grow their marketing channels? Yeah, uh, we really do what I'm keep harping on and keep saying is influencer seeding campaigns. So we identify 500 influencers on a month to month basis. We reach out to them uh, in a relationship oriented way, all built on giving, not asking. So it's, hey Brent, we'd love to send you the product, no strings attached. So a certain amount of those people, because it's relationship focused, will opt in. Um, we get them the product. We start, tr after we get them the product, we start tracking whether they post. And if they post, we are able to aggregate that content see their organic performance of that content and then um, reformat it, caption it so that you guys can get it into your ad account. And so our process leads to a lot of our organic posting plus UGC and then the like the long-term relationship capital. Um, so that's how we're coming, coming alongside brands is just, you know, reaching out to 500 influencers on a month month basis. Um, and then we also run full, Facebook and Instagram ad accounts, because um, that's a lot of time where we're repurposing this influencer content. So those are some of the things that we're doing in terms of services. Uh, my role at Kinship is to keep growing the biz <laughs> um, as co-CEO. So we're hiring and generating leads and those sorts of things. And so once a, um, let's just say it's a brand and that once they're with you, you're helping them to grow their their brand or business uh, or business based on that brand. Do you uh, give them some KPIs or metrics then that show the success and what you're doing for them? Yeah, I mean, we really measure it with with the we're judged on sales. So ultimately, that's what we want to be judged on. Um, and so a lot of the leverage of influencer marketing is starting, like I said, you know, a few questions ago, just top of funnel, like getting the product into their hands. This process leads to content. So we're measuring the amount of content because content is so important. Creative is so important, especially in this post iOS 14 world. Um, so we're measuring on the amount of creative that we're able to generate through these influencers and then leveraging that content within Facebook and Instagram advertising. And then that's where through, or maybe I should be just be saying meta this whole time. Uh, the meta dashboard um, on on Facebook is giving you all the metrics that you can see and 
And also, in addition to Google Analytics too, because of uh, obviously with post iOS 14, like the reporting is is a little wonky. But um, yeah, so I mean, point blank, just ROAS, uh, you know, some of those things that we're looking at. Um, the organic side of things, unless you give an influencer a discount code, you're not you're not going to see like direct like this came from this influencer. When Brent posted, he uses Brent 15 and. 15 people use that code. That's the ways that you're like getting direct sales metrics. We obviously don't do that because we're, we're just trying to get them the product at first. Um, but that is something ways that you can measure it um, organically. Okay, so for um, for your side, it, it, for the influencer, you you it's sort of an invite type of thing where you're identifying people that are that are generating certain amount of content or influence in that industry, and then from the brand side, they're expecting uh, that that influencer would give them some kind of shift or uptick in sales or brand recognition. Do you kind of do you distinguish between just general brand recognition? Um, or do you, do you, or do your merchants really look at ROI based on those influencers? I think most merchants and brand owners that come to us are looking for a lot of UGC or creative, or they're looking for, and, and therefore like leveraging that content within Facebook or to repurpose that content, or they're looking for like, like I mentioned in the beginning, just a long-term community of influencers that really care and so they've heard about us through other podcasts or twitter or anything like that just promoting like our process of going about building relationships with influencers that actually works like and we're producing a pool of people that have proven to post free of cost without without us even asking and so um, they're adopting our philosophy and they want that pool of people to funnel them into an affiliate program for example so I think it's kind of all three areas, sourcing content, growing a community, um, and Facebook ad distribution. And do you find the main motivation of an influencer themselves is just a passion about that product and, and maybe they're going about being an influencer because A, the, they have this passion about whatever they're doing or using, and B, then they have this drive to create content and social uh, awareness of 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 that and and they're so excited about that product that they're going to talk about it all the time as Mm -hmm. compared to i think you said earlier the pay for model where somebody's doing it just because they would like to get paid for it or get some free shoes right yeah i i think those are the best influencers those are the ones that you want to work with ultimately at the end of the day are people that the product and brand kind of just fits into what they're already doing and talking about, right? Versus someone that's just looking to promote sunscreen one day and then the next day shoes and then the next day the shirt. Um, But I mean, if we think about just like the 35 year old mom on Instagram that just always showcases content about her kids and their home renovations, like there's going to be brands and things that just naturally fit with their life. And they probably get sent product too that they don't really like or don't really authentically love, um, but they're only going to work with the ones that they do love, and that's the that's the influencers that you do want to create relationships with. 
And do you find that uh, when you've identified an influencer, do you find they're surprised sometimes that they've been approached by a brand? Are they excited? Yeah, occasionally. I think it's become more and more common. Um, I think most of the time what we catch them off guard with is that we're not asking for anything in return. That's where a lot of influencers are really taken back because I think a lot of influencers are tired of being taken advantage of um, or, or exploited just for their audience or used really. So they're really taken back with like, wow, this is refreshing. Like this brand is actually not requesting anything. So I actually, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, law of reciprocity in there that when they get that product, they're kind of like, they feel obligated to return something to the brand. So there is some elements of like psychology with it, but at the end of the day, it's just generosity and you're building relationships uh, generously through just giving away your product. And I've seen more and more influencers or reviewers saying, uh, I, I, actually purchased this product and I would like to talk about it. They're, they're making a distinguishment between they're getting it for free or they're, they've purchased it. Do you see an impact on, on, um, awareness or on the acceptance of that review when it's been purchased versus when it's been given? There, there's actually stats on this that I don't have memorized, but they, they show like basically that it doesn't make a difference. Like even your people that have posted, you know, and have to use hashtag ad with like all the FTC guidelines and stuff like that. And they have to put a hashtag sponsored, like studies show that it really doesn't make a difference in, in purchasing decisions. I think if those influencers, if those people are following those influencers, they're not following them because they post a bunch of sponsored stuff. They're following them because they're influential in their mind. Um, so whether it's sponsored or they are disclosing that they actually purchased it, I don't, it, you know, basically the, the synopsis is just like, it's not really making a difference. I want to just change direction just a little bit. Uh, you had mentioned post iOS 14 earlier. Maybe you could just help us understand why a marketer or a brand would care about the iOS version and why the this this newer newer versions of coming out now matter so much to marketers because I hear you know this is out there but maybe people don't understand it. Yeah, I mean essentially without getting like real nerdy or into the details, essentially Facebook's made it incredibly harder for specifically Apple devices or Apple has made it harder for Facebook to track um you know, checkouts, initiating checkouts, add to carts, like all those things that you used to be levels in your dashboard have now been taken away. So the reporting and being able to track purchasing on the platform itself has been uh, limited by about 50%. So obviously when you have less visibility into tracking your, and, and, and people aren't spending less, but then it shows that their ROAS is down 50%. Like that's pretty alarming for brands. Um, now I will say is like all that's really been shown is that reporting is down, not actual MER. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's basically essentially the premise is just Apple's iOS update was just limiting the ability to track user behavior. 
And that is a, that applies mainly to Facebook and Instagram, or is that going to also apply to YouTube and in Twitter and TikTok? Facebook and Instagram, just, yeah, it really affected Facebook and Instagram. Um, well, now iOS 15 has been with email updates. I don't know a ton about that, but that's going to be, you know, you can hide your email and stuff like that. So certain effects on email marketing will now be in display through Apple. Um, but yeah, just Facebook and Instagram on the on the iOS 14 update. So if if you have some kind of nugget or or some kind of inspiration you could say to a brand um what what would that be maybe even to get started or what 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 would you say to a brand if they would like to get started on on influencer marketing well what i i guess i would have a question some questions for them like when i hear just start maybe i think about a young brand um a lot of brands try to go at into it a little bit prematurely. Like they don't have like their their product dialed in or their unboxing experience dialed in. Kind of like, this is what I meant by customer experience. Like if you've already gone through your whole customer experience and you feel like that's really dialed in, then I think you're ready for influence marketing um, because it's the same thing. You want that first, first impression, second impression, third impression um, to be awesome and so i would think about it in those ways again i would just still say all right let's get the products into their hands let's identify the right influencers um, let's think about the your who your customer is and how we want to find influencers within those categories and then you know there's a whole process after that of how you outreach um, how you communicate to them uh, how you can, you know, dial in your unboxing experience, even for your influencers specifically, etc. And what type of, uh, so what type of merchants are you looking for to help? Do you have a certain um, threshold or do you, do you have a, a way of vetting out the right type of merchants? Yeah, really. I mean, to, we've worked with startups all the way from the M&Ms of the world. Um, and, but usually our sweet spot is top line revenue of two to 30 million and they're a D to C physical good product, but we've also worked with B2B brands before. Um, but those are kind of, you know, our sweet spots, but really just anybody that obviously can afford to pay us as an agency, uh, will work with. And if they have and they're wanting to start an influencer marketing, we don't have necessarily like a criteria that you have to fit or this bucket that you have to fill. And how about brands that are that are really, their goal is to promote goodness. Is there any difference in that versus promoting their product itself? No, because um, I think if you can, we would still help conceptualize how to send a physical item to the influencers and there's always influencers like we've we've talked to charities before um that are trying to leverage influencers to promote their charity um so yeah we would just advise like still sending out something physical to like really impress them and build relationships with them so yeah great question all right so we have a couple minutes left here um towards the end of the podcast i always give people a chance to do a shameless plug about anything you'd like 
Why don't you go ahead and give us a shameless plug about something? <laughs> yeah, uh, one, immediately, I mean, we're recording this during kind of the Black Friday, Cyber Monday craze, but we have an influencer marketing course called just Influencer Blueprint uh, course that uh, we've basically given away everything that we know into it. So it goes from seeding, which is start all the way down to running whitelisting and uh, you know, influencer content in your Facebook ad account and everything in between, best practices. Um, we give away all of our templates and communication flow and worksheets, um, budget calculators, everything uh, in it. Um, so that's at kinship, K-Y-N-S-H-I-P dot P-O-D-I-A, podia dot com. I will put all these uh, contact informations in the show notes. How, how do people find you on social media? Yeah, I'm very active on Twitter at Cody Wittick and Instagram at Cody Wittick. Um, and if you're interested in working with us as an agency, you can just DM me there and we can connect. Great, Cody. It's been it's been a great conversation. Cody Winnick is the co-founder and co-CEO of Kinship, and you are a influencer marketing consultancy agency. Would you call? Would you say that what you do? Yeah, just an influencer marketing agency. Great. We're yeah, it's been great having you today. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying we're we're just connecting influencers to brands. We're building out influencer strategies for them. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks again for uh, being on the show today. And uh, hopefully um, I'll get a new pair of Hoka's coming up now after, <laughs> I start po- after I do my reviews on, on my latest shoes. I love it. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate yeah, thank the time. You. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce. New shows out every week.